throughout Britain, men and women are foregoing the 9 to 5 jobs introduced during the Industrial Age as they embrace new technologies within the digital revolution. And these two chaps are here to help. Welcome to the Powerful Nonsense Podcast, the show about mindfulness and entrepreneurship in the digital economy, with your hosts, Wayne Ingram and Jem Yildiz. Those upsetting me today. It was lovely yesterday. It was, but today I look like a drowned rat. Well, I was going to share my umbrella. Your rather masculine looking umbrella. Hey, it's got little clouds underneath it. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing, there's nothing, it doesn't have to be, you can have a masculine umbrella. Uh, explain, do you want to explain that? It's the way you hold it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you say so. <laughs> Welcome to a rather soggy episode of Powerful <laughs> Nonsense. Except Jem. Jem's not soggy because he's got his, his... The way he's holding his umbrella is keeping him masculinely dry. Yeah, you are a little bit damp. But I've given you a towel, so... Yes, you have. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, yeah. Today is a bit money-oriented-ish. It is. Yes, it is. Well, no, it is. It's not ish. No ish about it. It is money-oriented. Which has been a while since we've done something about monies. Yeah, I can't remember the last time we have. It's a long time ago. So that's probably why it's a good time to actually speak about it. Yeah, let's touch on it. Cool. So today we'll be talking about how to maintain financial stability as an entrepreneur or somebody Mm -hmm. kind of venturing out into entrepreneurship. And obviously it's a very important topic because uh, most people get a bit... I don't know, maybe lose lose control when they kind mm-hmm. of go, goes into talking about money and obviously managing your finances as an entrepreneur. A lot of people may be used to getting a really regular paycheck. And so mm-hmm. um, things change when you become an entrepreneur. You, Big you, time. You're totally in charge of how much money comes in. But also that could, um, there's a lot more psychology behind money and the sort of effects it can have on you. And um, a lot of people actually <laughs> lose their head a bit when money's sort of in the balance. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it's, 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 changes things as you say when when it stops becoming about just your money and then also about money that has to go into your business particularly i think if you're um a sole trader and self-employed rather than than actually owning a business um i've experienced both sides and sometimes there's the temptation to spend that little bit of extra money on something to you know enjoy rather than necessarily investing back in your business so it's it's comes with its own challenges um so we've got a few ways that we think can help you to maintain your financial stability um one of the first things that we would suggest particularly if you're just starting out is to not quit your day job that's if you've got a day job obviously (laughs) i mean some people go into entrepreneurship because they lose their day job or they quit their day job um for other reasons but but if you're thinking yeah i want to i want to dabble at entrepreneurship um whilst you've already got a job, a day job, then just don't quit it at the start. Although a lot of people would say, hey, burn your bridges, just jump in, jump off the cliff. So a lot of people kind of have that sort of assumption that if actually you have something to cling on to, Mm -hmm. maybe you're not going to go all in. But as we always going to state in our second point, it's all about kind of knowing you have the emotional stability to actually Mm -hmm. balance that feeling. Because once you quit your job, although you're thinking, yes, I'm going to start my new business, it's going to be great, I'm going to be making all this money, or I'm doing the thing that I'm passionate about, when you realise you can't actually pay the bills, or you need to feed yourself, or all these kind of Maslow's first hierarchy of needs comes in, Mm -hmm. you strip things back and suddenly you actually 
start to go into a bit of a panic and that's when you kind of lose that creativity you lose that drive because now you're in fear and so mm -hmm. having that day job there is kind of like that safety net it kind yeah. of allows you it gives you a sort of a base from which to work on really i think there's a there's a point at which you should quit your day job um that's not to say never quit your day job because um you know obviously there comes a point where particularly things are going really really well and you need to scale then you probably should quit your day job but at least if you're starting out i think um at least make sure that you've got a market and you have got a business um, because otherwise you'll quit your day job and you could end up back there in six months going I'm sorry <laughs> can, you, can you pay me to come to work for your nine to five again um, that's not to be, be negative but it, it could happen um, but as you say there is the flip side to it of um, sometimes the safety net can make you complacent mm -hmm. um, and again that's something I've experienced both sides of is that kind of the moments where you're like, crap, I've got no money. Do I get a job or do I push harder? I'll push harder. <laughs> oh, no, no, I'll get a job. I'll get a job. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's a balancing act, really. I think, like um, we spoke about in the past, like, it's really important to know what that sort of minimal viable living is. Like, how much do you actually need to survive? A lot of the time you've sort of inflated your, um, your what you need to survive on a daily basis. And sometimes it's good. We've, we've done a whole episode on this. Mm -hmm. and how to really kind of strip back because I think a lot of the time what you're actually doing you as you say you've got your expenses that you need covered mm -hmm. but what you're trying to do as an entrepreneur is actually buy back some time to actually work on your business yeah and I think that's the that's more important I think you can say okay don't quit your day, day job but what you can do is maybe strip back the amount of hours you work or say okay speak to your manager and say look I kind of want to maybe work from home and that gives you buys you a bit more time to actually work on the sort of business mm -hmm. on the side or you say actually can I go part time and you kind of phase back your living costs and I think that's another good way to look at it as well to kind of really to get that balance right yeah I think if you can if you can afford to go part time um, in terms of actually what your financial needs are um, for your lifestyle then yeah by all means go part time because it just means that you've got a little bit of extra time to try and grow your business and you'll find that um I think if you start putting extra time into your business alongside your job, you'll suddenly be like, huh, I'm actually earning a fair bit of money here. Because you've you've got the safety net, all of your costs are covered, but mm -hmm. then all of, so basically all of the money that you're earning from, from your entrepreneurship is literally extra. And plus, I think as well, if you cut back and you say, okay, I'm doing my full-time job just to kind of cover my expenses, then like you say there, the bits that are actually um, the stuff that maybe pays for the luxuries, that's a good motivation. So although there's a slight in safety net there, there's still actually like a motivation of actually if my, if my entrepreneurship venture kind of starts paying off, then I can start booking that holiday or I can start, it kind of becomes a bit of the motivation in a mm -hmm. way because it feels like sort of bonus money on top of your kind of living expenses. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, I mean, go go and have a look at the, the minimal viable living episode that we did. It's probably only, well, by the time this episode goes back, probably about seven or eight episodes back, I would have thought, maybe a little bit more. Something like that. Um, but if you, if you uh, have a look on the website, you'll be able to find it, minimal viable living. We will link back to it on um, the um, breakdown. <laughs> But let's just touch on it on it briefly, because mm -hmm. um, we kind of brushed over it a little. What what is minimal viable living to those that haven't heard the episode? I think the main thing is really is kind of figuring out what do you actually need to to survive, and it is kind of like that Maslow hierarchy of needs. You need mm -hmm. shelter, you need food. Maybe you've got phone bills. There's certain things that you have to kind of pay that have to, you have to yeah those expenses that just stick, and so it's kind of stripping back to those. But then maybe you have to reconsider instead of having that gym membership, shall I just like work out from home instead mm -hmm. of kind of going out three four times a night to go out to the restaurant, shall I just inv invite friends over? It's kind of stripping back those 
things that are kind of pleasures at the beginning, but you're actually kind of taking a little, you're sacrificing now so that you can have that gain later because that mm -hmm. time you're buying back to work on your um your business is going to be invaluable and you can't really put a price on it yeah. initially anyway yeah yeah so it's kind of yeah have a look at what your expenses are on a monthly basis i think is the best way to do it have a look at what that is have a look at what you can strip back and and then work out from there exactly how much you you need to earn every month to survive and then and then basically aim for that but yeah again check out the episode um minimal viable living um, we'll also link up to it in the show notes as well. We'll remember to do that. Mm -hmm. um, so you can just click straight through. So the next point really is, um, I think a lot of entrepreneurs get caught, sort of caught up in this, and I know I did, and it's kind of, you've you've got that plan for starting your business, and so all of a sudden you just start spending crazy amounts of money on actually getting things off the ground, and mm -hmm. often they're the things that actually aren't as important, so it might be kind of like, I know you get your business cards, or you get some t-shirts made, or you kind of, you pay someone to get your website, or you sign up to get your new logo created before you've actually found out whether or not you actually have a customer. Yeah. And I think that could often be like something, obviously we say a lot of time, like that could be something that's more of a procrastination. It's kind of like, well, now I'm venturing into entrepreneurship, I'm doing all the things that mm -hmm. I know businesses do. And it's obviously, this sort of happens a lot in sort of those beginning entrepreneurs who are starting out, and it does feel fun when you're doing it, you've got oh, your yeah, logo. Definitely. It's a fun creative bit, It feels it? like you have a business, but at the end of the day, really, you, you don't until you actually have your customers, and that usually could be a point where, all right, you've stripped back the hours you're working, so you're making less money, and then you're like, well, actually, I'm investing this, it's a logo, it's t-shirts, it's mm -hmm. um, events, it's uh, talks, and a lot of the time, those things are actually hiding, hiding something from you actually doing the work to actually get those customers. Yeah, big time, and I mean, it's so easy to do, because you kind of go, okay, what do I need to start? Well, I need my logo, which you don't need. <laughs> I need my website, which, yes, you do need this day and age, but do you need anything fancy? Probably not. Um, so, but then you get working on that, and that's a whole rabbit hole in of itself, mm -hmm. because then you're like, okay, well, now that does that, and that works that bit, but that page doesn't quite look like how I want it to look like, so I'll tweak that, and then you're like, okay, I also need a Facebook page, so I'll go on my Facebook page, I'll get all that set up really nice, and now I haven't got any Facebook likes, so I need to go get Facebook likes, and then it's like, okay, so well, I've got a Facebook marketing course. Yeah, I'll sign up for that marketing course, and it's like, oh, right, and now, so now I've got Facebook, but everybody's saying I should be on Instagram, so I've got to get my Instagram account set up, and now I've got to start making uh, photos for my Instagram account, and so before long, <laughs> yeah. So before long, you know, you get to three months in and you've not actually sold a single product because you're busy trying to build up um, this quote unquote business um, or rather the brand. Um, without actually having the products to put out there. And then suddenly you're like, oh no, I've invested so much money in already, mm -hmm. I've got to make it a success, that puts you in panic mode, and then you're kind of desperate for customers to earn that money back that you've already spent, and so it's kind of not a good way to start out, but a lot of us are guilty of it. Mm -hmm. I've got, as I said before, I've got business cards for things I've done in the past, and I've, it's just been a moment of like, oh my God, that's a great idea, and then uh -huh. suddenly I've bought the domain, I've bought the cards, and I'm like, about a week later, I was like, that's actually a really shitty idea. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's a catch-22 because, um, you know, particularly this day and age where everything's online, you kind, you do have to have some sort of presence and you do kind of need to attract attention. So, But it's just don't, don't get sucked into the constant tweaking of things. Just get it set up, just get it done uh, at a minimal expense. Minimal expense. Yeah. Minimal expense. So, because there's a lot of that you can do yeah. with very little like budget and actually sometimes... Well, if you if you want to go get business cards, for example, I know like Moo and stuff do these different deals where it's like, get your first 50 cards free and yeah, it's got the Moo logo Gary B would say, fuck business but, cards. Yeah, but, right, exactly. <laughs> business cards. Use your phone. <laughs> are, I, yeah, I, I ordered business cards when I first started my acting training and I, I ordered 
about 200 of them because that was the deal that was on on Vistaprint at the time and I think I've got rid of 10 of them now they're just like a nice little taking up a bit of like, space in your drawer it's just like you want Twitter yeah okay cool <laughs> or are you on Facebook yeah great cool uh-huh. but I do think like setting up those sort of free profiles here and there does give you a bit of a motivation because you do feel like you've got a business up and running but yeah mm-hmm. like you say just do the things that are free initially because don't get don't get sort of stuck spending a lot of money mm-hmm. in the beginning and don't get stuck into as I say all the tweaking and stuff just do it just get it looking okay um, that you're happy with it and then and then move on mm-hmm. um, yeah so. um, talking of needing to get customers mm-hmm. as well uh, it's pretty important that you get money from your customers as soon as possible because uh, yeah. you can sell as much as you like but if you're not getting the money from them yeah, and I think this is one thing that you should... I mean, if you read um, Eric Reese's book, The Lean Startup, it's kind of like if you've got a full-time job and you're, as you say, you're at your desk most of the day, you can still be actually getting customers for your business in advance. Like, you can actually get people sending you money. There's ways of doing it where you can kind of test your idea out and get someone to pay you before you've created the product. I mean, that's what a lot of people talk about. And I think, really, that's, like, the ideal position to be in where you you haven't done any hard work initially, but you know there's a demand. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the kind of aim, really. You kind of want to make sure that those customers are in there's people interested you've got money coming in and then maybe if you know you've got 10 people already buying the product maybe you reinvest that money into getting the website and everything else or mm-hmm. building out the product I mean a lot of the, what the foundation talks about is that sort of process where it's kind of you go and call up clients call up people get people to buy initially and then you go and work on your product and I think that's the way you kind of need to look at it nowadays yeah I think the ability to pre-sell now is just unprecedented in comparison to what it was like before um, because stopping people on the street to pre-sell is a lot tougher than going oh you're on my email list uh, I'm also doing this new product do you want in? It's a tenner mm-hmm. um, and if you know if you've done all of the other sort of uh, community building properly then that should be a fairly easy sell Mm-hmm. I think you get, I mean, just to use an example, I mean, a lot of uh, people starting out entre- entrepreneurship, a lot of people seem to go down this kind of, let's make clothing, let's make a t-shirt brand, and then they're like, okay, let's find a supplier, and then they get themselves, like, printed, like, a thousand t-shirts of the design they wanted, and they're like, oh, fuck, I've got a massive stock in my bedroom, right, and uh, I can't nobody, shift. nobody's buying it, I owe people money because I had to borrow it, and I was like, why didn't you just bloody go into Photoshop or get someone doing Photoshop and design the t-shirt up to you. It looks like it's on, you can get like templates of the t-shirt, you've got the logo on there, put it up on a website and then see if people pay for it before you've even ordered any. Yeah. And I think that's how people need to kind of approach any sort of business they go into. Just pre-sell as quick as possible, make sure there's demand there, then start putting the work in. The great thing as well, uh, I know this is segueing a little, but it kind of fits in as well, is it's so easy now to not even have to necessarily pre-sell if you're like particularly if it's things like t-shirts and things and and books there are so many uh, manufacturers that will manufacture on demand so people order it online and then it gets made so there's no stock that's left anywhere if it's if it's been paid for it gets made and not before um t-shirts is a company called Redbubble. i know loads of others are doing it now as well which is print on demand and they do things like uh, duvet covers iPhone cases they've even started doing pencil skirts I got an email through from them the other day pencil skirts now and I'm like one oh, yeah, I'm going to get one of them <laughs> 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 um, 
and and um, same with with books. I think it's Amazon Creative Spaces. I think mm-hmm. um, if you want to do a physical book, you can do. You just upload it onto there, and then if people buy the physical paperback or hardback copy, then they'll print it and manufacture it. But then also digital products are just everything's going digital now unless it's something that you physically need to hold mm-hmm. um, if it's something that you don't physically need to hold such as books video and all that sort of stuff it's all going digital so that's a platform to, to kind of utilise as well because then your manufacturing costs are down and your income's oh, your income's up definitely it's a good point yeah, no, I think there's loads of those sort of business in loads of different arenas as well mm-hmm. you've got a lot of like Alibaba where you can kind of they're kind of you can actually talk to like uh, factories in all in and around all different countries Turkey China India and you can kind of speak to them and then have very uh, minimal orders and I think there's a lot of that sort of stuff out there it's mm-hmm. just depending obviously what your product is and a lot of what we focus on is more sort of like the digital realm and how you can sort of use technology but yeah there's loads of different stuff out there mm-hmm. yes so an online business isn't just limited to online products. Exactly. Good point. Um, so another important one, which kind of seems obvious, but when you break it down, is not quite so obvious. Well, you got it's, me to actually yeah. do that, but you just <laughs> like, Jim, <Yeah>. seriously? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the note that Jem put down here was, manage your business or personal finances. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he did put something in brackets, but the main point was about managing your business or personal finances, like... We've named the episode Maintaining Financial Stability. <laughs> like, yeah, but I think, I think a lot of people actually... But clarify. Don't. Okay, I'll clarify. clarify. So what I was trying to say is that I think a lot of the time when people sort of... I'm so guilty of this as well. When you kind of start off in a business, you kind of get used to kind of, okay, I've got a bank account, but it's my personal one. Everything else goes into that. And it's kind of... Maybe you don't even manage your personal finances well. So I don't know how people then think, oh, actually, when I have a business up and running, I've got income coming in, I'm going to actually manage that differently. And I think a lot of the time, especially when you're starting off, you kind of, I did this, so I'm totally guilty of it, is kind of just let everything kind of go through the same bank accounts rather than actually go into the bank, getting a couple of bank accounts set up, splitting things up, making sure you're on top of what's coming in, what's coming out. And I mean, of course, you can kind of go through that process and eventually you'll adapt and you'll get better. And then the way that I ended up being more organized with it was obviously, you know, going to the bank, set up a few different bank accounts, kind of um, have, have online software as well. There's some really great online software, especially if you're if you're new to accounting, which I was, I went for something like QuickBooks. Mm-hmm. And with QuickBooks, you can kind of link into your bank accounts so when money comes in, you can, okay, that's a business one. Okay, that's a personal one. Okay, hopefully you don't have them all mixing up together, but you can kind of manage them really well. And I think it's really important to make sure you can kind of balance out what is business what is personal because as i say it's money at the end of the day and if they get tangled together it could be really messy especially when it comes to doing your accounting yeah definitely i think it yeah i mean it made my accounting so much easier just having a separate bank account for my acting stuff and occasionally because financial needs dictate occasionally there is it doesn't get a little bit muddy but where i can i try and stick rigidly to if this is for business I pay on this card and if it's not for business I pay on this card mm-hmm. um, and it really really helps with stuff like that but the amount of online software as you pointed out Gem is is really good now and it's getting cleverer and cleverer I sent you uh hourly work rate calculator the other day yeah that was really cool actually uh, which was pretty cool <laughs> I still need to play around with it properly to work out specifically what my hourly rate is but but the stuff like this is cropping up all the time QuickBooks if you're in the States FreshBooks is also a good one because uh, I don't think they've done a UK one over here which is annoying because I really want to use it <laughs> uh, Money Dashboard's also a great one um, which basically that tracks 
what you're spending your money on and it it's got a database of, of shops so it assumes if if the uh, transaction is like from Sainsbury's it goes ah that's grocery shopping or if mm-hmm. it's from like H&M it's like clothes shopping and then what it does is it creates a report and it goes you you spent this percentage of your income on on this type of expenditure this percentage on this type of expenditure so then if you're like I need to save some money you can go what am I spending too much money on oh yeah I've just spent like 50% of my income on clothes um, I probably need to stop that um, but then it can also predict what you're if, particularly if you have regular uh, consistent income though if you're an entrepreneur probably not so much um, but it will track and predict when your money's coming in what your budget's going to be like and you can also say right I want to save X amount of money um, this year so work out how much I need to save every month and then work out if I'm going to be above or below budget this month it's very very clever sort of stuff so there's loads of online tools that you can really utilise just to kind of make things a little bit easier to stomach I think what you said there is really important that's probably actually the most valuable part about using these online sort of banking tools to manage things is that you could have online banking, you get a list of your statement, but the actual, like I have QuickBooks and the, the way it shows you graphs, how much you made one week, how much you're down the other week, I think to actually visually see where your money's going is so much more powerful than just knowing that ins and outs. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, it's something that's really, really important. And obviously if you're a little bit anxious about online banking fraud and all that sort of stuff then maybe it's not the sort of thing that you want to use not to say that they're unsafe um, because there's loads of like security features and stuff to make sure that it is safe but obviously there are some people that are more conscious of it than others um, because you do have to uh, go onto the website and link in your bank account directly so it has access to your bank account in terms of knowing what's coming in and what's going out um, but that's the limits of it but again that's up to your own discretion as to whether or not you want to delve into that sort of stuff. I mean, that's pretty deep anyway, but I think if you're, I think the main thing is really is just be on top of what's coming in, what's coming out. Like, you should be checking in on a weekly basis. How much did you make? How much did you lose? Did you spend that money on getting your new website, which should have been spent on your rent? Or that's the problems that people need to avoid. And I think being on top of it regularly, being on top of how much you should be putting away for tax, mm-hmm. these kind of things are so important to making sure that you're secure. So then when that bill does come through, whether it's for your tax or, I don't know, something you paid for and you're on a membership thing and it pops through and you're like, oh, I didn't expect that, you're kind of on top of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so talking of, of, of money and things, um, this next one is kind of tenuously linked, but also really important and it's it's about time um, and, and kind of utilising your time the best that you possibly can I found that when I started focusing on time rather than money I actually started making more money ooh <laughs> do tell because well it was just it gets it got to a point where it's like I don't have time to do everything that everybody's expecting of me so what can I cut out so that I have more time to put into the things that are making me more money mm-hmm. um, and, and just things like that I think that's so important particularly if you are keeping your day job um, as well as doing your entrepreneurial stuff because the two can pull you in completely opposite directions and I think if you go right um, I this is how much value I put on an hour of my time um, and, and just going about it that way and scheduling things that way, I think is, it just makes all the difference, both financially and, to be honest, in terms of stress levels as well. 
Yeah, and the, way, the, the main reason I put this point down as well is just, I mean, it kind of does link to the whole don't quit your day job. But another thing is, is maybe you just decide to sort of power up your day job. So maybe you know that you make X amount of your day job, but actually if you maybe switched up skills or you kind of really honed in on one aspect of that work, could you get paid more elsewhere, which means you can do less days and still have that same amount of income? I think a lot of the time, yeah, like you say there, it's kind of finding out what's actually earning you the most money and then using that because really that's what you're trying to do when you're starting out as an entrepreneur because you really need to buy as much time to actually work on the things that you're trying to build and that's the biggest challenge is that people are just like if you're all your hours are going into just your, your kind of your expenses your living expenses and you can only put an hour each day into the business how quickly will your business start making money if you can actually free up five hours a day to work mm -hmm. on a business that means you're going to be getting to where you're actually earning some income a lot faster so i think a lot of the time sometimes you need to kind of say okay well if I'm at my day job and I'm getting, whether it's minimum wage or if I'm just on quite a low amount initially, maybe you say, well, what could I actually learn? Is there a, is there a skill, is there a course, a cheap course I can do? And then maybe I, I don't know, become a, I don't know whether it's a videographer or if it's um, a personal trainer or something where you know you can make a lot of a higher hourly rate. And then that way you can actually free up a lot more time mm -hmm. because then you can actually take, do a lot less work. You don't have to be working all the time or doing that nine to five. So. Yeah, I think that's a very important one. And then, yeah, you'll have a lot more time to work on your business. I think as well, when you start linking value to time as well, it completely changes your perspective on so much stuff, mm -hmm. particularly particularly when it comes to those those things that you shouldn't be buying sometimes. And because then you suddenly start looking at the, the price tag on things and going, okay, so if I buy that, how many hours do I have to work before I've paid for it? Mm -hmm. And just things like that. And I, it just completely changed a lot of the way that I look at things because then it was like well hang on by by doing this I'm now wasting X amount of my time which means I'm now wasting X amount of money mm -hmm. and when people say time is money it's so true it's a cliche but it's so true because you're just suddenly going well hang on uh, you're asking me to do this that's going to take me X amount and you're only paying me this much mm -hmm. I don't think so because I could make that same amount of money in that amount of time doing this instead so no thanks mm -hmm. and stuff like that um, I mean, you had a scenario like that recently as well, didn't you? Where you were suddenly going, the amount of time I'm putting in, like I'm losing money. Uh -huh. Even though I'm actually making some money, I'm losing money because I'm not earning enough. Yeah, you have to really question in. how much time you put in. And I think that's a flip, really. They say a lot of a lot of sort of rich people have that mentality. The best businessmen have that mentality. It's like how much how much they put a charge on the, the hour like i want to buy that hour back so how much will i need to make in the previous hour so i can buy the next three hours back for myself mm -hmm. and i think when you start thinking about it like that it's, it's really sort of it changes your view on a lot of things and i mean we we sat down together and kind of broke some things down and kind of a lot of people don't know the, the value of their, their hourly how much they want to make in an hour and so that tool that we'll actually link up in the blog is, is a great way to see it and even mm. we were having to play around with it was like wow if this is the lifestyle we want to lead then oh, we yeah. need to up our hourly, hourly rates basically the amount that I apparently should be working per hour is incredible <laughs> if only all oh, the work oh. that I'd, been, I'd put in over the last seven or eight years of, of my working life if only I was earning that much I'd have my Aston Martin by now <laughs> all in good time all in good time um so another thing mm -hmm. which kind of again kind of links onto that is, is it's really good to try and get as many streams of income as you possibly can um, so like in that scenario you know obviously weighing up you know um, how much money you're make, making doing certain things and how much that's going to be a value to your time is important but if you've got multiple streams of income as well you can leverage so much of mm -hmm. your time um, 
just by killing two birds with one stone sometimes as well, I think. Yeah, I think you, as well, you have multiple streams of income. Each of them have, like you say, have more value on, on the times. Maybe do one job that you get £100 an hour because it's more a high-skilled one, but then maybe the safest one is that lower-paid one, but you know that's consistent work. And so it's making sure you have a few different kind of versions of this so that actually it actually made way more safer because, as I say, you could just stick to your day job, but then your day job might they might who knows you might get made redundant then you was relying on that day job to do your business and then you're in a really shit situation when that if that was to fall through so it's actually good to kind of create those different streams to kind of spread out the risk in a way yeah i mean it's kind of how i've managed to kind of improve my financial situation significantly it's by in no means a fantastic financial situation but it's definitely better than it was two years ago is because i've basically leveraged the consistent um, income and now it's like now I've got the time and the money to explore uh, more efficient forms of income and so it's like actually yeah well I've already said like technically speaking although it's business income rather than my own personal income I've already made more this year than I normally would in a year and we're five months in at this stage mm-hmm. uh, well not even five months in we're at four and a half at the time of recording and it's like that's come from leveraging time not necessarily from leveraging um uh, skills do you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i think that's what that's what's important to consider is that like once you have that business there then it's going to give you the bigger opportunities for that maybe that that bigger bit of money really coming through because suddenly you've got more like i don't know what product you're creating more value so you can get paid more mm-hmm. so um, yeah um the final one which is incredibly important and I learned this from the off um, is about advice and mentors um, in for many many reasons I think um, the, the way I learned it was by getting advice actually we were putting contact with so many people that actually were willing to even pump some money into what we were doing they were like oh yeah that's a really good idea here's some money Mm -hmm. essentially Um, and I think there's so much fear to actually ask people for help I think because people have been particularly when it comes to business people have been told competition 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 and it's it used to be that way but it's it's not really anymore so many people are in the same boat that they actually want to kind of pull each other up with them Um, I mean in fact um, our friend Adam Stansbury Mm -hmm. uh, who will probably have launched his podcast by the time that this episode goes out um, he's launching a podcast and he's he approached us for like our opinions and our advice and stuff and um, you know that's put him in good stead because he's probably going to start off better than we did Mm -hmm. because he's not going to make some of the mistakes that we made Um, and, and I think that's another key thing as well like why make all the mistakes that you're going to make um, because you don't know what you're doing as as much business acumen as you might have if this is your first rodeo like <laughs> you're going to make mistakes so why make those mistakes when you can learn from the mistakes of other people that have already done it so go out and ask for help go out and ask for their opinion sometimes you might not agree with it and that's fine um, but it's good to get the viewpoint 
Yeah, and I think if like like most people say, a lot of um, obviously great podcasts also mention this is just if there's something you're doing that you know somebody else is already doing, then you might as well speak to them because as I say, this is about financial stability. Those people that have already been there have probably done everything that you're thinking of attempting, but they know what they did to get the money coming in. They know what kind of tip things over the edge. They know okay, once we started doing X, that's where the money was at. So we focused all our energy in that. Whereas when you don't kind of go to get that advice, and you try to kind to fish around for what to do then obviously you're going to spend a whole lot of time you're going to be in that zone where you're not really sure whether something's going to work whereas it's way easier to go someone who says if you do this you get that i did that and it didn't work i wasted loads of money i wish i'd and it's exactly like you said with that example with adam stansbury launching his podcast we told him what we wish we'd done he's now going to go and do that and he's going to get a better result so it's a lot easier to just actually leverage other people's education or their own experiences. Like you don't have to touch the fire to know that it burns. A lot of people have been burnt before. So, (laughs) and it also means that then because you're avoiding the mistakes, bringing it back to the money, you're also not spending money on shit. That's not going to work. Or time for that matter. And time is money. Time is the most valuable thing you have. So yeah, use it wisely. Cool. Cool, so there's a few points. I know we've, there's probably loads more points in there, but we thought we'd actually kind of share the ones that we know we've had the experience with because we've been through this ourselves. As you say, we're pretty new entrepreneurs ourselves, so we've probably made all the mistakes for you. Mm-hmm. So these are things that we just think you should definitely focus on because it's going to save you a lot of money initially and actually, um, yeah, keep you in good stead for starting your business. So that's your powerful nonsense. Uh, uh, I, know, I can't remember what the word I was going to use was. Dose. Dose. That's your dose of powerful nonsense. That's what I was trying to say. Okay. Oh, this is the smoothest outro I've ever done. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening. Come and join us over on Instagram, at powerful underscore nonsense. Loads of Instagram goodness on there. (laughs) We need your help. We need more reviews on iTunes. We need a review on iTunes. We have some, but now they're like in the history, history books. Yeah, they were a long time ago now. We need more. Because, honestly, without those, it's a lot harder to spread the word of the show, so... And I've, like, used up all my friendship contacts. No one else will do it. They're like, Jim, still, I've already done it at once. I'm like, come on, create a, new, create a new account at least. And we know there are loads of you listening. We know there are. We can see. <laughs> we can see that you're listening. That's just creepy. <laughs> <laughs> because because Libsyn tells us how many of you are listening, and we know who you are, and we've not got enough reviews for how many of you are listening. So head on over to iTunes, leave a review, five stars or more just surprise us somebody leaves a review it's like Christmas when we get one it is so that's powerful nonsense for the week we will see you next Friday 9am GMT see you later guys <laughs>